Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the greatest time of the year. This is Magic the Final Frontier, and on this podcast, we talk all about the Frontier format. Keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Frontier. And it is spoiler season, and that means we are quite excited. And we this is going to be the first part of us reviewing cards from War of the Spark. Uh, and in this episode specifically, we're a little bit early here. We're recording this the um, the Tuesday evening before the full set is released. We at this point have all but one Planeswalker spoiled, so we think we're going to talk just about the Planeswalkers this week. Otherwise, we're going to be doing it you know, for a whole episode on Friday or Saturday, whenever we record the next one. And we wanted to just get this out here. So this is going to be episode number 63, all about the Planeswalkers in War of the Spark and how they're going to affect Frontier. I am joined today by my two wonderful co-hosts. I'm the cardboard samurai from Tokyo, Japan, Ryan Schwenk. And uh, Matt Murda here out of Toronto, Ontario. I should I should say Yokohama. It's not really Tokyo, but I don't know if people know Yokohama. So Sounds fancier. You yeah. should definitely say that. People actually have to Google it. Anyways, so I don't know. I'm super excited about this set. Um, maybe we'll just do a quick, quick talk about what do we think of the whole set. Does this start? Does that sound good? Yeah, so far it's looking powerful. You know, I mean, I originally said in our prediction, like, oh, these are all going to be bad planeswalkers. They're just going to be a bunch of junk planeswalkers, kind of like how the Dominaria legends were. And I don't feel like that's true. I feel like there's a lot of playable things here. A lot of them are interesting. They'll be maybe role players. Some of them will be quite powerful. And the rest of the cards are nuts. I, I kind of want to say, like, I think this is the most powerful set since, like, cons. Like, especially for Frontier Impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm pretty pumped about this. And, and like, yeah, so there's way more just straight-up playable Planeswalkers than I thought there was going to be. So happy to, gets... happy to eat dirt on this prediction. I, I, I do want to say that I think we got, like, all of our predictions wrong a few episodes back and we were saying like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. there's going to be this. I had a few of them. Yeah, but we were like pretty far off. I think maybe for me, like I, I think we had one or two that were kind of close. I mean, I called, I called static abilities on Planeswalkers. Maybe that's an easy mm. one. I also, I want to take a partial win for Tezzeret because I said that there was going to be one more Planeswalker that we didn't have the cycle. Like cycles just wouldn't work with, with 36 Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, we're going to have one more. And uh kind of called that. Mm-hmm. I called Spark Harvest almost exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, the thing that kills Planeswalkers, yep. Or the uh, epic spell or whatever it is. Yeah. The, the, just the one mana. Spark Harvest, the one mana destroyed oh, creature oh. or Planeswalker. And then it has an additional cost if you don't sacrifice a creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of sad we didn't have flipwalkers, but oh well. Ah, that was I, we knew we weren't getting those. But anyway, all right. So we're gonna kind of go through this. Let's go maybe rarity. So we've got uncommons, rares, and uh, mythics, and we've kind of got cycles, especially with the uncommons here. So I'm gonna kind of start there. So in the uncommons, let's go first with the monocolored, and specifically for each one of these, there's a Three mana, monocolored, uh, uncommon planeswalker. Uh, this is where we are missing the blue one, though. We know that Narset is not spoiled yet, and she's going to be three mana and blue, so we only have the other four. So hopefully she's not, you know, the most important card in Frontier that's been printed in the last ten years, because then we'd uh, completely not talk about it till our next episode. But <laughs> so, so right now we're going to talk about the other four. So the first one I'm going to go with is Tibble. So you want to talk about it first, then? Yeah, you know, we're going to go through some of these pretty quick here with the uncommon. Yeah. So some of these are not amazing. So Tybalt, he's a three-mana walker, 
5 loyalty, opponents can't gain life. He can minus 2 to make a red devil creature that when it dies, it deals 1 damage to any target. You know, I like tokens. I know you like tokens, Ryan. Does this really have any kind of home? Well, I think it's a good sideboard card. Um, like, if I'm playing tokens and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, uh, play against somebody who's getting a crap ton of life, and I don't, I especially don't want to play uh, Rampaging Ferocidon in a tokens deck, this would be okay because this is like a Sulfuric Vortex that also gives you tokens. So he'd be okay. He's situational. Okay. I feel like in a tokens list, even out of the board, I'd rather be on Rampaging Ferocidon. Like, I can see this bad boy in standard because, like, your opponents can't gain life is a, is a meaty, mm-hmm. uh, like, aggressive kind of sideboard text to have. Yeah, but, but see, in Frontier, you mm-hmm. got so much aggressive aggro decks, and it's like, you don't want to give them extra help, especially if I'm playing, like, a Mardu, you know, type deck or uh, some other kind of Naya deck, you know, and I want to go, I want to reach critical mass, so Ferocidon kills me in that situation. But anyways, <laughs> I, I have him, like, as, oh, yeah, as a, let's... he's a C-rank. Yeah, let's keep it to around a minute yeah. at most of uh, for each one of these, because you know we've got thirty six of them already spoiled, so right. it'll already be a full episode. Uh, I'll go to black next with Davriel, Rogue Shadow Mage, three mana, three loyalty. He can minus one target player discards a card, and at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if that player has one or fewer cards in hand, then he deals two to them. So I actually think I think of the three mana ones, this one might be the most playable. Really, um, I, I quite like the fact that it's. I mean, it's three card advantage for three mana. Mm. I think that's pretty powerful. And normally, if you've got you know a repeatable source of discard, your opponent's just going to go empty-handed. But then Devrel can just sit and play until they've got a card back in hand and just do all damage to them every turn. So that that seems pretty strong together. I don't um, know, man. It's like three mana sorcery speed doesn't impact the board ever. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so it's a slow. sideboard card, probably. I mean, I would but like how many three for ones can you think of at three mana? Hmm. I mean, it's so it's, slow, it, and it's a, it's a really soft three for one is a problem, right? Because it's like they're discarding just whatever their worst card is. I sure. I, I like it as like maybe a sideboard card against control, but otherwise, like against all those other aggressive decks or even combo decks, it's just like, yeah, it's better than mind rot. That's all. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, think I already it have it in a sideboard. Versus control, I think it just dies after it up takes once or down takes once, right? I mean, that's still a two for one against control, and you're getting rid of a really important card if they've got uh, planeswalker removal. I mean, that's that, I mean, that is true. You're not wrong about that. I just, I feel like I feel like if you're bringing in hate cards for control, there's probably like stronger, like just stiffer options. In like most like eldest reborn. Like, I'd rather play Elder Sure, Street but it's hard to get that in at 5 mana. Okay, uh, I'll go to the green one, because maybe you guys are more excited about that. So, Jiang Yangyu is a wild crafter for 3 mana. 3 loyalty, he can minus 1 to put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on target creature. And each creature you control with a plus 1, plus 1 counter, it has tapped to add 1 mana of any color. Great card. I like this a lot. I, I have him at, at least as, like, a B rank, which is which means, hmm. like, he's, like, s- semi-playable. I mean, in especially some kind of... Uh, what do you call the hardened scales decks? You know, instead of like a see, rich I card, him, I could see him in. For, there. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I put him. I put him at the top of my C because I didn't see any current home for him. When I think about scales, I don't know why I would play this guy over Rishkar. Rishkar is already kind of near the cut list for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I I feel like this guy's in straight F tier for me. Like, there's just there's no <laughs> redeeming qualities. If I want that effect, I'll play Song of Fraley's, and nobody's doing that already. So. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me. It's 
really I I found this one really disappointing. Alright, uh last one we've got Teo the Shield Mage, three mana, five loyalty, you have hexproof, and it can minus two to create a zero three white wall creature token with defender. Take that burn decks. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, we'd assume that we want this sideboard against burn. Is this good against frontier burn, though? Mm, why not? It's worth a try, I guess. I think it's a fine sideboard card, honestly. I think you could actually play this. Um, I don't know. What other effects, other than burn, what else is it going to protect you against? Emmercoal, maybe? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, right? You don't really need the hexproof to matter, I don't think. Like, it's just, if you can wall, let's say... The first turn he comes down, he walls a two-two, and then mm-hmm. after that, your three just die. Your your dudes just die. Mm-hmm. So like total, you've blocked eight damage. You're bringing this in when you're uh, the kind of deck that's gonna win late no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're basically yeah. just saying I'm gonna trade this card to delay you, and into a point where you can't win anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure if I agree about the part that hexproof not mattering. I think there are matchups where I'll play this and never minus it. Just let it sit there and mm-hmm. you are hexproof because that's worth the three mana for me. So I don't. Yeah, I mean th- that part's fine. I don't think the hexproof mm-hmm. has to matter for you. Okay. To yeah, that's I mean. fair. That's fair. Yeah, I have him as a C rank. He's really situational for me. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. He's he's situational but playable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're missing Narset, so we're going to go on to the other uncommon monocolored cycle uh let's go backwards from what we just did so the white one is the wanderer four mana with no planeswalker type it prevents all non-combat damage that would be dealt to you and other permanents you control and it can minus two to exile target creature with power four or greater so it can do that twice and stick around this kind of this one's weird you know it it also seems to be against anti-burn kind of thing you know you're preventing non-combat damage but it seems less obvious use cases this one is really weird because i feel like it's really almost good Mm -hmm. because like both the abilities are pretty relevant but they're kind of at odds with each other and it's like there's they're just it's not quite relevant enough on their own you know like i feel like it needed like uh, maybe i don't know like it both abilities are good hmm I just don't know where it fits. Like, yeah, I agree. Both abilities are good. I just don't know when or where I would play it. And, like, even with both abilities being good, it's a four drop, you know? So, like, are you yeah. going to play this over Gideon? I mean, you do. You basically, it says it's pay four mana, exile two creatures with power four or greater. So, it's not bad. Well, if the opponent's got a, a creature with power four or greater, then they can usually swing into a wanderer and killer after you yeah. try to get whatever one. So, it depends on what kind of board position, which is going to make her pretty narrow. Some kind of. I mean, it, maybe there's some kind of prison deck out there and that's where she would fit uh yeah i'll probably try her in some kind of planeswalker you know super friends deck as a one-off i feel like there's way better options at curve in that kind of deck though like in a prison Mm -hmm. slash super friends like even just like yeah the list is gonna get tight i can already tell especially at four mana yeah Uh, speaking of four mana let's go to kazmina enigmatic mentor so these two are both kind of strange. You know, we don't know much about either of these planeswalkers lore-wise. You know, they could be someone that we already know from lore or that we're supposed to get a reference to. I mean, with Kazmina, there's a lot of references that look a lot like Jace with the Wanderer. Some people have thought Elspeth. Some people have thought Emrakul. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read that. <laughs> that was a fun... Uh, but okay, Kazmina is four mana for a five loyalty planeswalker. Spells your opponent's cast that target a creature or planeswalker you control cost two more to cast. And she can minus two to create a two-two blue wizard token, draw a card and discard a card. So this would be good against like 
not so much a control deck like or maybe it's more like against like a black control based deck that has a lot of uh, fatal push and stuff like that maybe you know it, it kind of buys a lot of time it does a lot of sort of mid-rangey things mm-hmm. so it slows down all of your opponent's removal it creates creatures it can do two of them drawing and discarding is huge mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of power in this card. I don't have a shell in Frontier right now that I like her in, though. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like the problem with most of these uncommon walkers. They all feel like they cost one mana too much to really mm-hmm. compete with other things in their slot. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the abilities are good, but they're just... are like, I don't think they're good enough for a four-drop in Frontier at sorcery speed. Yeah, okay. it's, it's good. I had it as, uh, I think, a C rank again. It's situational. I don't really know where to, to put it yet. All right, guys, it's getting worse from here. I've got Obnixilis the Hate Twisted. Five mana, five loyalty. It can minus two to destroy a creature, but its controller draws two cards. Uh, and whenever an opponent draws a card at any time, Obnixilis deals one damage to that player. I love I mean... that. I love that when they draw a card. This is I, I would play it against control just to say... You know, oh, this you. is like the worst. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is like my bottom three for sure. This is unbelievably bad. I just well, it's like that, why why are they pushing so many uh, what's it called aristocrats cards at like five mana? It doesn't. I don't understand. Yeah, because you don't really ever want to destroy a creature your opponent controls yeah. and let them draw two cards. Like, what deck are you gonna want a five drop that you're destroying a creature and letting mm. them draw cards? I, I just can't think of one. Yeah, and I mean let's put it this way too, right? Because like, if I drop him on turn five, mm-hmm. and then I immediately sacrifice one of my creatures and draw two cards, that's not even card advantage. That's card parity. I would so yeah. much just rather play the uh, was it Battle for Zendikar version of him. If I'm playing in Frontier. Yeah, or play Bantu, or yeah. you know, we'll talk about him on Friday. <laughs> or play an actually good card. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I had him. Right, well, he's D rank, probably. Or... You, want, you want to go even worse? We've got Arlen, Voice of the Pack. Six mana, seven loyalty, but I like it can minus two more to create a 2 2 green wolf token. And whenever a wolf, uh, or whenever a creature you control that's a wolf or werewolf enters the battlefield, they have an extra one plus one plus one counter on them. So it can minus two to make a 3 3. And it can do it three times. Mm. But it's six mana. Yeah. I, I think she is better than Obnixilis, only because Ooh, she's okay. cooler than Obnixilis. There's no <laughs> other reason. Interesting. I mean, it's Obnixilis is the worst. As, as far as uncommons go, it's good. It's not playable in Frontier at all, but uh, it's, it's super janky. I think people could enjoy brewing with her. Just not don't, don't expect to win any games with her. What's wrong with a six mana anthem? <laughs> Nothing not, that I can think of. It's not even an anthem, though. Yeah, it doesn't help your ones already in play. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to wait till after your sixth draft to play all of your werewolves. Oh my so. god, I didn't even read that. I totally read it wrong. That's kind of... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to move this card from F+, plus to just <laughs> F. Alright, uh, Jaya Venerated Fire Mage is the last one of these uncommon monocolored. She's five mana with five loyalty... Uh, if a red source, another red source you control would deal damage to a permanent or a player, it deals that much damage plus one instead. And Jaya Venerated Fire Mage can minus two to deal two damage to any mm. target. I like it. I hate it. What? So let me let me ask you guys: Could do you think this would have been balanced at three mana? I think Oof. maybe too powerful at three mana. It would have been a little too powerful at three mana. At four mana, it wouldn't see play, but it would be a good card. Yeah. You really think it'd be? You really think it'd be too powerful at, at three? I think so. You know, that, that ability is quite powerful, because remember, that means that every single red creature you have 
when they attack, they deal one more damage. Well, they didn't want her to go into, like, an aggressive build. They wanted her to be more of a mid-rangey, burn-type build. So, like, Red Source... Like, at three mana, I'd play this in a Tarka. Hmm. Is it? You think it's better go, than like your risk factors and your chain whirlers and all that stuff? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, if you're going, you know, turn one, swift spear, turn two, goblin fodder or dragon fodder, you play her on turn three and you swing for what three, four, five, six, seven. You know, she's adding four damage to the field, mm. plus I mean, dealing two to any target. I mean, if you're doing that, don't we have? There's got to be an anthem that would just hit a target, right? At three mana. Mm. Uh, well, we've got a new one. We've got Domri. Yeah, yeah. yeah Domri would do it. Yeah, I think she, she. Yeah, I have her like as like a a B slash C rank. So it's like maybe sideboard material. You know, if you need that extra reach to to burn them out. You know, if you're playing. Like uh, see, I had her at the very top of F. What? Yeah, this is this is F. Another F for me. I don't agree. But okay. <laughs> it's five mana, man. It's sorcery speed. Yeah, I, I always think of the the jank decks though, so I can see, like maybe like a blue red, you know, uh, you know pro s deck or like thermo alchemist build. I could see J- uh, giant. And, you know, we already had this ability at five mana on a four five trample. Yeah, hang on, let me pull up the name. I used to love that. Card. No, but 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 think of it. Think of those thermo alchemist decks. Well, just, just think about what what you're giving up at five mana. Think about the the competitors at five mana. And a Thermo Alchemist is like a tempo deck, you know what I mean? Yes, Ember Maw Hellion. Five mana, four or five trample. If it were another red source you control, would deal damage to a permanent or player. It deals that much damage plus one. Uh, but he can't minus So two. literally already had this effect available. But it's easier to kill him than to kill Jaya. Yeah. Format broken. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> he's, he's figured it out, guys. Anyways, we talk about the multicolor ones now? Multicolor yeah, let's uncommons. go to the multicolor uncommon. So there's a full cycle of ten of these. So let's go. Yeah, let's go Wooberg this time because I'm going to be confused otherwise. So first one, Dovin Hand of Control, legendary planeswalker Dovin, uh, three mana comes in with. So it's two and a blue slash white, mm-hmm. uh, five loyalty artifacts, instant and sorcery spells your opponent's cast cost one more to cast, and it can minus one until end of turn. Prevent all damage would be dealt to and dealt by target permanent and opponent controls. So, hmm. to me, this is like a, it's a lot like Gideon of the Trials, and I think it's yes. just worse in every single way. Yes, it's a little easier to cast if you're in like a Super Friends deck, maybe. Um, it. And see, if you're in a Super Friends deck, do you ever want to cast this over the, the other three mana Dovin? Hmm, that, that's a tough one. I mean, that Dovin's not great either. I mean, like, he's got to be, he's got to be better than this, right? Like, (laughs) probably the the abilities, these are weird planeswalkers because like you read these abilities and like they're individually good. Like there's nothing wrong with those abilities. With slowing someone down for, with that minus. I mean, really, I would play him for his, uh, I want this in some kind of prison deck where I'm playing him for his, his static ability. Yeah. And the fact that he can stop a creature every turn is just gravy on that. Yeah. So, so basically, uh. I mean, it, it, it's fine for control against control decks because control decks usually will have that one uh, beater like uh, uh, Gear Hulk or uh, what's this the, is, the White Angel. Is, uh, this is never sticking to the board if they have their beater out. This well, I'm never. saying the minus one gets rid of the beater for a few turns and it also keeps them from countering your stuff or it makes it more difficult at least 
to counter your they're, stuff. They're never or get rid of your stuff. If their beater's out, this guy is dead. What's minus one? That permanent. Yeah, but he's not alive to minus one. If you're at a point in the game where they they've cast Gearhawk. You don't have a board at that point. It's, it's too late at that point. Hmm. Well, if, yeah, I mean, it's three mana, so you'll play him earlier. I mean, he's the hand of control, so you're playing him in a control deck anyway. I think he's a good sideboard card. <laughs> I would think about playing I'm, I'm not huge on him. I don't see a spot for him right now, so I feel like I put him in my C yeah, I think it's that's kind of, category. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. He's Again, his abilities are like, there's nothing wrong with his abilities. It's just like, mm-hmm. you get, I, they're just kind of soft. They just don't do a lot. All right, so I'm going to go on to Ashiok, which is the blue-black one and a blue-black, blue-black. So three total mana, five loyalty, spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause that their controller to search their library. And target player puts the top four cards of their library into the graveyard, then exile each opponent's graveyard is the minus one. So it, it can do that five times, theoretically, uh, as long as you're okay with losing it. Screw you, Dredge! Yeah, I think this card is going to be very good. I think this is immediately going to find slots into... You know, it can be in a mono-black deck, it can be in a mono-blue deck, or, you know, one that only has one of those two colors because of the hybrid mana. And this is so good against Dredge. It's like, oh, you just put everything in it? Oh, no, I'm so worried for about next turn. No, bye, it's gone. Don't have well, to play Tormat's Crypt anymore. All of their lands are fetch lands. Yeah. So the fact that it's it's going to be stopping their fetches and it's going to be actively shutting down their main game plan, I think that's really good. And I feel like I would bring this in against maybe control. Yeah, gets rid of delve. I mean, no, you can't use your dick through time. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, so not seen, like, as sold as it into into control because I feel like you need more aggressive threats to end the game. Because I feel like if you're going to challenge them on going late, they're going to just crush you, and they're not going to have a problem removing this guy if they need to. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that an incidental, you know, if we can take out 16 cards from a control deck's library, that's not nothing mm-hmm. if we're talking about a, a go-late kind of game. Like even just a one-time play against control is super strong. I think maybe if we're talking like a control mirror, but I think anything short of that, I feel like this guy isn't going to stick long enough, you know? And like, Yeah, if we're if we're talking, we're, you know, we're, we're spirits or something like that, or we are... Uh, you know, a, a vehicles deck. I don't think that this is the right choice against a control deck. Mm. Yeah, I could definitely see see control mirror, and I'm not sold on that. But like, okay, I do think it looks excellent into dredge, and I think for that reason, mm. it's an important card. But I, I I don't think the sideboard usage will be widespread beyond dredge or like the occasional like graveyard turbo emrakul kind of deck. Hmm. Mm. But that, that kind of repeatable graveyard hate, like that is really strong graveyard yeah. hate. Yes. And nothing really gets long uh, around that. I was checking, I was like, oh, do they still get um, Narco Amiibo? But no, no, they don't. Yeah, I have Ashiak as like a between A and B rank. I think it's really good. Yeah, I think I said A bit rank because I can immediately see where there's going to be spots for them. Yeah. Strict sideboard card. I think it's yeah, strictly into it's just 100% a, few a sideboard card, but I, I still think it's an automatic. It's going to see play in frontier. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, so black red is Angrath, captain of trash. No, of chaos. <laughs> uh, he's two and yeah. He's four mana, so two and two hybrid. Uh, five loyalty creatures you control have menace, and he can minus two to a mass two. Eh, no thanks. So he can make a two two sort of, and he can make a second one 
or make his first one into a 4-4, and that's all he can do. I'm, I'm heartbroken for you, Angrath. Was... So if this was a 4-mana 4-4 menace, would that be good? Mm. No, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand why he costs fatal push, mana. Fatal push your token. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't like him. Not good. Rough. Okay. Uh, black, red, red, green. Okay, red, green is going to be somewhat Tyrant Smasher. Four mana, two and two hybrid, five loyalty. Creatures you control have haste, and it can minus one target creature gets plus two, plus one, and gains haste until end of turn. Scry one. So this goes like in a mid-range deck, maybe? Like, uh... I mean, you gotta still be aggressive with this and you, if you're playing creatures and giving them haste, but... You know, it's awkward. It's four mana, so you want to be playing something big after that, and that's just never felt great, even with something like... Tamer? You know, we... we I was going to say, um, we saw the occasional... It's not Sarkin. Uh, what's the um, the green guy who punches bears and dragons? Sirak. Sirak, yeah, Sirak. You know, we, we saw the occasional Sirak see play, but even this... I mean, is this better or worse than Sirak? And Sirak's not seeing play. I, like I would him. say this is, this is worse, and I think Sirak is bad. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. So, Sam, it's definitely an awkward one. I feel like there's a tiny bit of power there. I didn't call her a straight F. Mm-hmm. Um, I just cannot currently see any kind of shell that would even come close to wanting her. I mean, I was... And if she does, and if she does end up in a shell, she's not going to be a star in it. Yeah. This is another uncommon walker where I'm just kind of like... it Again, it's just, it costs one mana too much. It just... Mm-hmm. The abilities are good. Like, I had a... Just, I can't pay four mana for it. I had a super janky uh, see the unwritten deck a couple seasons back, and I, I was playing I think the five mana Santa and Serac in there. So yeah, but yeah. I, but I wanted to be able to get a creature with see the unwritten. So I don't know if I would I would play her or him. No, probably not. I don't know. All right. Plus, yeah. you want to have a four power creature in play. Yeah. So all right, I'm gonna go on to green white is Hotly three mana two and a hybrid. Ooh, three mana. You know that's got to be good. Seven loyalty for three mana. Are you guys, this is. You know, top tier card yet? Okay. Uh, each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power, and you can minus three to gain life equal to the greatest toughness among creatures you control. I think the correct pronunciation is what, Lee? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't like this at all. <laughs> See, we don't need writers. We, we can make our own jokes yeah. on the fly. It's classic wizards. Three three mana walkers aren't allowed to actually do things. Yeah. But we have ones in the set that do things, but it is not this one. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Hotly's an F for me. Yeah, yeah pretty pretty, pretty low. It's super jank. Right. Let's go white-black next. So that would be... Go, Kaya. Okay, this might be the last of the really bad ones we have to talk about. <laughs> uh, so Kaya, Bane of the Dead, is six mana, three and three hybrid, uh, black and white, your opponent's impermanence and your opponent's control with Hexproof can be the targets of spells and abilities as though they didn't have Hexproof. It has 7 loyalty and it can minus 3 to exile target creature. So it can do that twice. So who who has Hexproof that we have to worry about in Frontier? Nobody. Yeah. So not good in And if Boggles suddenly became a deck, if you know if we got a Boggle printed and Boggles became a deck, we wouldn't play Kaya against yeah. it. What's, what's the one 4-mana 6-6? Six, six? Nullhide oh, Ferox. Um, I yeah, feel like Nullhide Ferox is actually po- is actually uh, playable in Frontier. Hmm. Now, I feel like she costs again one too much mana for any deck that might be interested in getting rid of Hexproof. But hmm. and like even at five mana, I'd be kind of like, eh. but but I, I feel like getting rid of Hexproof and just having a 
like, yeah, exile a creature. You'd be fighting with something like Obnixilis, and I don't really want to be on playing the Obnixilis. I mean, I could get it in like a. Hexproof's a pretty hard ability to get around. Mm-hmm. So we've like, also gotten some recent uh, things that will help get around it, but we'll true. talk about that's those true, yeah. later because we're not talking about uh, cool spells from the set. Varaska Swarms Eminence. Two, uh, four mana, two and two hybrid. Five loyalty whenever a creature you control with Death Touch deals damage to a player or a planeswalker. Put a plus one and plus one counter on that creature. So that's kind of narrow. Uh, and it could minus two to create a one-one black assassin creature token with death touch, and whenever that creature deals damage to a planeswalker, destroy that planeswalker. It's not bad. It's okay. Yeah. So making two black assassins with death touch. I mean, they're probably going to be used as blockers, but if they attack, they can get bigger. Um, do we have any kind of deck right now which has you know a critical mass of death touch creatures? And I feel like that's an answer. It's no. Yeah, I mean, like, there's not even a lot of really notable death touchers, like Ronus, really. Uh, death yeah. Miss Raptor, maybe, but no one really plays that. No one really plays either of those I mean, cards. You gifted know? Aetherborn sees play. Uh, yeah, that's true, I guess. Gifted Aetherborn. But are we going to go Gifted Aetherborn into Death Myth Raptor into this guy? Like, oh, I don't know. What kind of deck is that? That sounds beautiful to me. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> death I actually, Tribal. Know, yeah. You, you know what? Actually, outside of the Death Touch Tribal element, Mm-hmm. I uh, I really you know, hated this when I first saw it, but now I'm looking at it and thinking, if you're somehow finding yourself in a mid range mirror, hmm. it could this be will okay. kill two creatures yeah. or better. If she protects yeah, herself I mean, really well. Yeah, and you know they have to hold up blockers. Like if they have a planeswalker they want to protect, they they have to get rid of you know a good creature to block this thing. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, I don't think it's great, but. Death Touch to Planeswalkers is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I can also see Vraska being good if you've got reasonable sources of proliferate. Because if you're making a lot of these assassins, and if the assassins are growing at a significant mm-hmm. rate, that might be something. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can expect these to grow. Although, <laughs> maybe, maybe, actually. Because I guess... I mean, who the... wants to block... Yeah, who wants to block yeah. the, the Death Touch creature? Yeah, all right, all right. All right, so I'm going to move on to green-blue. Where is that going to be? Kiora? Kiora, yes. Oh, okay, so Kiora is good. Uh, three mana, two and a hybrid. Seven loyalty. So another three mana with seven loyalty. But this one's actually does something. Uh, whenever a creature with Spoiler power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you draw a card, and it can minus one to untap target permanent. So it's like those old Garuk enchant cards that were like three mana, basically. Yeah, we've had a few of those. You know, we've got a few of them in Frontier, actually. Mm-hmm. We've even got one that has uh, three power. I've tried to build that deck a few times. Do you guys remember the Tamer Ascendancy combo deck? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Yeah, maybe it fits in that type of deck. I don't know. Well, we don't have any kind of big mana. You know, we we, we really would depend on the Nykthos in that deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, you know, it's a three mana rock that also draws you cards when creatures into the battlefield. Like that's those are two good abilities, yeah. especially together. I, I think it's fringe playable. I think I think there's probably a deck somewhere you could build that could use this in a way that wasn't embarrassing. Um what what permanence I mean, would you want to Are you gonna build around this? Are you gonna play the uh are you gonna play the four one for two mana? I don't even know that one. Oh Frostwalker yeah. or yeah, Frost yeah. Elemental, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's an it's got that illusion text where if it gets targeted it dies. So I know I've talked about the uh, Bant 
just land value dudes list a mm-hmm. little bit. And this kind of speaks to me in that space because I feel like I'm just going to get so much land and I'm just going to be turboing out all these BV creatures. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. the, deck, the deck already has too much card advantage, though, so <laughs> I don't think it actually fits. But, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I could see it in something like that. It's a three-mana ramp card that also has draw you cards. I, I like that combination. This seems yeah, like... Uh, I'm going to move on to Sahili, yeah. which is the blue-red, three-mana, one-and-two hybrid, five loyalty. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a one-one colorless servo artifact creature token. That's a lot of words. Um, and it can minus two target artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature you control until end of turn, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. Hmm. I like it. So it's really good, I think. This card, yeah, this card does seem super powerful. I mean, it, it's kind of got the same text as um, Mentor, where Monastery Mentor, where you're making a, a token every time you cast a non-creature mm-hmm. spell. Mm-hmm. There does seem to be a little bit of awkwardness with the Sahili in that you don't really want Enter the Battlefield cards. You don't really want, you know, you want to have other creatures that you want to turn stuff into. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of asking a lot to build around, but I feel like there's a lot of power in the Sahili that she will see play somewhere. I mean, see, here's the thing, too. I think, so one of the places I'd like to play this, I think, is in, like, a Drake shell, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you're casting your spells, making all these these uh, servos, uh, and then you just drop, like, a Crackling Drake and down ticker and swing with a effectively 17-4 Haster, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. and I think I think Drakes are underplayed in Frontier in general. Mm-hmm. So, I'm surprised at how much better Sahili is than other uncommon Planeswalkers. She almost feels like on the level of the rares to me. Mm. Yeah, she's definitely one of the ones. I think I had her at A just because I feel yeah. like she will see play, even though I don't have a specific shell right now. Like yeah, some... she's not blowing the roof off for me, but I do think she's like just a solid card. Like even if you play right, her so in the... like Pro S or something like that, and you're just drawing, 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 you put like four tokens in a turn. I think she's great. Mm-hmm. All right, last one of these: Nihiri Storm of Stone, four mana, two and two hybrid, six loyalty. As long as it's your turn, creatures you control have first strike, and a bit equip abilities you control cost one less to activate. Uh, and here you can minus X to do X damage to a tapped creature. So I like minus X on a Planeswalker, but, you know, X damage to a target tapped creature, you're going to maybe get one kill off that, probably not a second one, and then that first ability, I don't know, giving your creatures first strike during your turn's not great. And, like, here's the thing. I want more of these equip abilities cost you less to activate, but it just... Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if we get it on three and four drops, right? We have to get it on a two drop for any kind of deck that wants it to ever play it. Dude. Well, and I think more so, we need we need equipment that yeah. are worth playing. <laughs> yeah, also also that. Also that. Like, if we returned to uh, Mirrodin or something like that, or New Phyrexia, yeah. maybe she'll be good in the future, but no, no, not right now. She's pretty... Uh, I can't imagine it even then. Uh, white, red, white red is so clogged at four slot for Planeswalkers. Like, how mm-hmm. how much do you have to not want to play, like... Gideon. Good Planeswalker. Yeah. Not just Gideon. Chandra, Chandra the other Nahiri. Probably yeah. other things. Oh, there's got to be others, right? Yeah. Most likely. All right. Let's move on to, I guess, our rares. Mm-hmm. All right, this is where this episode starts to get exciting. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, you guys thought we'd get this done in uh, 36 minutes. Mm. All right, so let's start with, um, where do we want to start? Because we can kind of jump around here, or we can go, like, uh, monocolored? 
You want to go with Jace first? Let's do that. All right, Jace is a four mana, one and three blue for a four loyalty planeswalker. If you draw a card from your library when it has no cards in it, you win the game instead. It can plus one target player puts the top two cards of their library to the graveyard. You draw a card. It can minus eight to draw seven cards, and if your library has no cards in it, you win the game. Yeah, I feel like cards soup weird. I mean, uh, it feels like it's such a powerful card. Yeah. It feels like there is so much power. I mean, a four mana planeswalker that can draw a card every turn is huge. It's good card know. advantage, but there's so many other good card advantage cards already. Yeah, I'm not in love. I think this is bad. I think this it's, is. I think this looks way better than it is. It's a build around card. Mm. It's a jank card. See, I was thinking it's way better than it looks. Um, I don't know where it fits yet, but this seems extremely powerful, and I don't know where. I mean, you just <laughs> so, have to be able to defend it. So that to me is just like if it doesn't defend itself at all. So it feels kind of win more to me. Like yeah, I mean, five loyalty on turn four is okay, but not amazing. Yeah, like and it's triple blue. Yes, yeah, so you're not like splashing this in dredge or anything. Yeah. And I mean, like, unlike a lot of these other planeswalkers, the static ability kind of does nothing unless mm. you're like hard built around it. Mm. And I don't ever want a deck that's hard built around this to be good. I think it's more, yeah. his name okay. should be like Jace Dirtler of Mysteries. Because <laughs> that's the only way. All right, let's, let's keep going with our uh, Oath of the Gate Watch, I guess, because mm. let's go with Chandra Fire Artisan. Fartisan. Fart. Uh, four mana. Yeah, four mana planeswalker, Fartisan. four loyalty, <laughs> Fartisan. Uh, whenever one or more loyalty counters are removed from Chandra, she deals that much damage to target opponent or planeswalker. Um, so basically, if she gets attacked, mm. take three off of her, it does three to the opponent. Love it. Um, she can plus one to exile the top card of your library. You can play it this turn. She can minus seven, exile the top seven cards of your library. You may play all of them this turn. Mm. Great card. I like it. I mean, it, even for four mana, I like I it a lot. It, I think it's fine if you want copies five to eight of Chandra Torch of Defiance. See, if I wanted copies five to eight of Chandra Torch of Defiance, I'd be playing the M15 Chandra Pyrancer. I mean, that's also fair. I think this is bad, is what I was really so saying. So this is, yeah, this is copies nine through 12 of that Chandra, and that just doesn't seem good enough. If her first, if her static ability could hit creatures, I would be 100% in, but, you know, you don't really get the choice to minus it, unless if they kill it, and usually if they kill it, it's going to be something like Vrassal's Contempt, mm. So, or they're an or they're an aggressive deck, and they just kill it. And they don't care about their life total. So I don't feel like you're ever really going to get much use out of the static. The plus is just a worse version of other Chandras we've got, mm -hmm. and then you know the minus is uh, it doesn't even win the game. So it's not that exciting. Yeah, this is, this is there's nothing to this. this she, is she's kind awful. of like uh, a super version of Abbot of Carol Keep. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Strictly worse. I mean, than... I feel like I feel like that was Chandra's effect before it became Abbott's effect. So yeah. uh, I will go with Nissa next, even though uh, technically not part of the, the uh, Gatewatch anymore. I'm I'm really Nissa excited. Nissa world five mana, five loyalty. Whenever you tap a forest for mana, add an additional green. Mm. Uh, plus one, put three plus one plus encounters on a cre on a land you non creature land you control. It permanently becomes a creature. Mm. Um, a zero zero creature and has vigilance and haste. Nice. Uh, it's still land. Um, and if you can minus eight, you get an emblem with lands you control of indestructible, and then you search your library for any number of forests and put them all into the battlefield tapped. I like it. I mean, Ramp's been looking for a card like this. 
maybe. You know, it's so, tough. If I want to be a very heavy green ramp deck in Frontier, I feel like I still am depending heavily on some utility lands, things like Sanctum of Ugin and the um, the Shrine of the Forsaken Gods. Mm -hmm. And that seems awkward with Nyssa. So, let me tell you something really sad here. Mm -hmm. Her plus one is not a May ability. No. So if they just, like, if you just know they have removal in your hand, like... You're getting stone rained by a fatal push, like every time you plus her to get any value. I mean, like her her static is legitimately pretty good, mm -hmm. but I don't I don't know the the plus is just so mediocre. Yeah, you know, I mean. I, I was very much off of her. Um, I think that maybe in standard you might see play now that we've got some good payoff for a ramp in green, which you know again we'll we'll talk about when we do our set review. I'm I'm but, super running like a janky combo deck with her, mm -hmm. Jace wielder of mysteries, and Kamal's druidic vow. Okay. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm very much down to try some interesting things with her, but I'm not yet sold on any kind of place where she has real play. Yeah, I think she's. I think she's not good enough for Frontier. All right, what other uh, monocolored walkers do we have Vivian? at rare? Yes, we, we've got Vivian as the other green one. This one's three mana, as a rare for loyalty when it starts. Um, you can cast creature spells as though they had flash. She can plus one to until your next turn. Uh, one target creature gains vigilance and reach, and you can minus two to look at the top three cards of your library. Exile one of them face down and put the rest in the bottom. And for the rest of the game, as long as it's exiled, you can cast that cre that card if it's a creature card. Yeah. I what do you guys think? I like this card. I haven't found the uses for it that I thought I would. So mm. reading this card, it seems extremely powerful. I mean, creatures you can call a flash is huge. The ability to just get a creature card and have it for the rest of the game as a minus seems like it would be huge. I just haven't found exactly where it works out yet. So I'm, I, I want to find the mid-rangey green deck that wants this, and I haven't found that just yet. Yeah. When I do, she's going to be very powerful. Yeah, we, we always say the green has always been very underdeveloped in Frontier, so there's a deck out there for it. We just don't know where. I, I love this card. I think it's really good. Um, mm -hmm. I've been wanting to have some kind of just playable um, add flash to all my creatures effect for a mm -hmm. while now, so this is pretty cool. The only problem I have is... In any of the decks I could envision wanting this, I end up being like, why aren't I just playing this other card that's in this set? Yeah, I could so. see maybe playing this like in an Abzan mid-range type deck. It's a little bit slower, not so much the aggro one. And I'd, I would love, love, love to do that. Like Siege Rhino, instant speed, yes. Yeah, and that sounds, that sounds amazing, right? Yeah. Even Sylvan Advocate, but, yeah. But yeah. Why, why would I play this? What? Instead of the next... We're going to talk about him eventually, so I'm just going to say Gideon Blackblade, right? Hmm. I mean, I would play he this just, instead he... of, like, an Abzan Charm. Like, if Interesting. I... You know, I mean, Abzan Charm's good, you know what I mean? It's, I like the modes and whatnot, oh. but, but I like the card advantage from this. I mean, this isn't removal, though, is it? Yeah. So that's awkward. All right, I'm going to go with our last monocolored rare, I think, uh, is Sarkin. So he um, he's five mana, five loyalty, and whenever a creature attacks a you or a planeswalker you control, each dragon you control deals one damage to that creature. Uh, he can plus one to end of turn. All of your planeswalkers become four four dragon creatures, 
with flying, uh, and he can minus three to create a four four flying dragon creature token. Mm. Again, there's a lot of power here. I don't have a shell for Sarkin yet. This is garbage, straight up. Five minutes garbage. Too, five turn, minutes too much. Dude, but turn all your planeswalkers into dragons. If you have multiple planeswalkers on the board, you're winning already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm less worried about the plus as you know he comes in and he minuses three. And now you've got a four four, and it makes it very hard for your opponent to attack him or another creature, like to attack you or him. Mm. Do you think so? Let me ask you this: Do you think it's uncommon for five drop planeswalkers to be able to defend themselves? No, but I think this one defends himself particularly well, especially if you have any kind of other dragons. I mean, a lot of those other planeswalkers at five mana that defend themselves will also have like an alt, right? So they'll have pressure to win the game just by virtue of upticking. Well, sure, but swinging for four does that well. He's more like a Gideon than he is like a lot of other, um, a lot of other planeswalkers. I mean, that, that but, that's a fair comparison. I just, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you're playing a four drop dragon and then you're playing this guy. I don't know what... Like, Atarka can't attack if all of their creatures are going to take two every time. But, I mean, by five mana, the game's decided versus Atarka, Possibly. right? You know, like that, that's why I don't have a shell for it yet. I think that, you know, other Sarkin makes sense with a dragon's deck. We just need maybe a couple more dragons that are playable, especially on the cheaper end of things, and we could have, potentially have a deck there. Should we talk about Karn and Ugin? Are they... Yeah, let's go ahead and do them next. So Karn, the great creator. Four mana, five loyalty, activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control can't be activated. He can plus, and until end of turn, one non-creature artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its mana cost. Um, You can minus two to find an artifact card from outside the game or in exile and put that into your hand. So it stops... So that was... Yeah, that was a quick read. So it stops Aetherworks. It stops... I don't know. What else does it stop as Copter. far as stopping artifacts? Yeah, it stops Copter. You know, you can't crew with this thing Okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. But what do we have... What kind of deck wants its plus? So it has non-creature artifacts with mana costs that we want to animate and wants its minus where you're going to be searching for an artifact card and you're worried about Copter and Some kind of Marvel mana, mana rock different deck, decks. maybe... I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a really awkward card. Yeah. It seems like it'll probably be at least decent in older formats, like modern, but I just, I don't know if we have the tools for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so are there any sideboard silver bullets, uh, that's funny because Karn is silver, uh, that we can pull with our minus two? Um, yeah. The only one I mean... that really speaks to me is the Immortal Sun, and I, I think it's bad, like... Because I'd want to bring an inverse control to shut off their Teferi, but you just, it stops you're, never, you're never resolving that in inverse control. It stops Karn, no, though. Really. You can't use Karn again after you play. <laughs> oh, I, I would say, how about Spyglass? Switch your Spyglass. Yeah. I think, or I, I Tor- think Immortal Tormod's Sun Crypt, would be, maybe. I think Immortal Sun would be better than having this Karn out on the board. Someone's got to build... If I'm playing Karn to find my Tormod's Crypt on the sideboard, I mean, like, does that mean I'm playing Karn more than my main board? I could... It's kind of weird. Yeah. Alright, Ugin. Ugin. Jugin. Eugene. Uh, Six mana. Four loyalty. So, this is a bit of a disappointment before I just want to say, like, I was expecting with so many Planeswalkers, we'd see a broader range of mana costs, but they're all between three and six mana. So that's kind of sad here. Um, But his ability, he... uh, Colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast. Yes! Cheap Eldrazi! Um, 
uh, yeah. Uh, he can plus one, and you exile a card from the top of your library. Basically, you put into play as a 2-2, and when it leaves play, you get the card into your hand. Uh, and he can minus three to destroy any permanent that has at least one color. Yeah, two, two mana, Thought Not Seer. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> On turn seven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you could ramp into him. Maybe you get some mana rocks. You know, maybe get him out on two. So the five. plus one is very powerful. You know, you're making a two-two, and you get card advantage whenever it dies or leaves the battlefield in any way. That's nice. The minus kills. You know, pretty much anything. It can be destroy a creature, a planeswalker, a lot of enchantments, a lot of artifacts. Sorry. Is six mana just too much to be? You know, the 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 classic. Um, you know, it's it's the classic uh, Obnixilis minus to kill a creature plus to draw a card. Yeah, I mean, I kind of. I kind of surprised to hear you think the plus one's really good because it's like to me it's card advantage that you have to jump through a hoop to get. Hmm. Like that's true. Like I, yeah, I think it's just six mana. We don't have anything really in frontier that there's there's no deck that can accelerate to six mana that doesn't have better things to be doing with its mana. Because I think this card is asking like really specific questions, which. If if you can figure out how to answer them, that seems 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 decent. Okay, okay, I'm gonna go to one of our mythics. Uh, so, so I see, guys, or not mythics, our uh, our multicolor guys. Here. Sorry, uh, you gotta you, run. You probably just heard that alarm. Yeah, I gotta head out. Sorry, I'll let you guys finish. You do the multicolors. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Nice talking to you, and everybody else that's <laughs> listening. I will see you next week for the spoiler. Yes, you will hear the rest of Ryan's opinions on the full set when we do the rest of our set review. Right. So let's jump through our multicolored ones here. So a Johnny the Great Hearted, four mana, five loyalty, creatures you control with vigilance, can plus to gain three life, can minus two to put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control, and a loyalty counter on each other planeswalker you control. What a time for Ryan to leave. This is this is a <laughs> Ryan card if I've ever seen one. You know, we've got a better version of this a Johnny though. Yeah, this card's awful. This is a bad card. At four mana. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. You know, there's been a few of these we've kind of skipped over. So, like, this guy, Angrath, and I want to say Nahiri, they all just give something static to your creatures. As he gives Vigilance, we had First Strike, we had Menace. Does that matter much? Like, are we playing this card just for Vigilance? I can't imagine ever wanting to do that. It just... Like, none of those keywords really matter. Like, there's some important ones that I think are actually Mm -hmm. good, and we'll we'll get to the other one in in a minute that I think is important. But uh, I like the haste on Samet. The haste is a really good ability. Um, better than most of these other keywords. It's just that yeah. Samet is kind of garbage. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas like, I don't think we can play a Johnny just for Vigilance because his abilities are kind of lukewarm. You know, they're yeah, not even lukewarm. Like they're like they're yeah. like stone cold. They're they're just like there's nothing redeeming here. So is he the worst rare? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm, that's kind of where I had him. I think of all the rares, I had him the lowest. Yeah, I would say right, easily uh, the worst. Let's go with Domri, uh, Anarch of Bolas, three mana, one red green. Uh, creatures you control get plus one plus zero. He can plus one to add red or green, and creature you control, creature spells you cast this turn can't be countered, and he can minus two to target creature you control fights a creature you don't control. Three loyalty. So, I go back and forth on this card, like. In one in one breath, I'm like, man, that's pretty good, and then in another breath, I'm like, this is pretty garbage. What like, do you think? I want to say like, oh yeah, I play him on turn three, and I make my my Soulscar Mage, who's now a three three, fight against whatever blocker they have, 
and then after that I, I can keep plussing and you know get more fights in the future. I want to say this is good, but I don't have the right spot for it. I don't have the you know the green red stompy deck that he seems like he belongs in. Yeah, because I mean like it's weird because creatures get plus one plus zero. That's great. That's a great ability. Um, standalone, I think that's fine. His plus is like it's clearly pretty much anti control. There's not a lot going for it other than spells you cast this turn can't be countered. Three mana is a bit too late to be ramping, probably. And the other one is almost like a pure mid-range tool. So it's it just like these abilities almost don't feel like they fit together for me. Because hmm. like they're all yeah, good and I think I think you could put him in a deck and like he evaluates powerfully. Yeah. But it's just like they all the abilities are good against different things there's not enough focus happening in this card for me yeah you really have to be stompy where you're playing some big two drops three drops but you also want to go into you know, a five drop that's going to be a powerful creature yeah and i'm not a big fan of five drops so <laughs> all right well then oh i was gonna say let's talk about one but it seems like the rest of them are not here um let's talk about ral storm's conduit uh four mana four loyalty whenever you cast a Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, he deals one damage target opponent or planeswalker. He can plus two to scry one. He can minus two that when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, you copy it and you can choose new targets for that copy. So what do you think? Well, I think you and I have both tested this card a little bit. And the main reason why this card is so cool is because there's an infinite combo with him. So if you play a spell or if there's a spell on the stack, you copy it and then you copy the copy then you can just keep copying the copies forever and it deals unlimited damage to an opponent or a planeswalker probably an opponent yeah and i know people around ul have probably heard me you know waxing on about this card um but the the deck i've been playing is a just guy row combo and it's been like mm-hmm. it's been like scary stomping a lot of like the tier one decks at least in my testing, I don't know if I know Finks tested a little bit. I don't think yeah, he's I had, had some unfortunate matchups for it. You know, I was testing a lot of Dredge, and that doesn't seem great for the deck. But yeah, I think there's a lot of power there. I think this card is. I have it as a. I think I might have even said it's an S, just because it's going to form a deck on its own. Yeah, I think. So here's the thing: like on its own, like if you just throw this in, whatever Your blue Sahili red spells, whatever, yeah. spells matter mid range. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's all right, but with. With the new deck that it's... Like, I expect a Ral combo deck to be Tier 1 in Frontier. So mm-hmm. for that reason, I have to I have to put him at pretty close to the top. We're going to have to see how... That, that's, that's your new prediction, so let's see where that goes. Um, okay, let's go on to Soren. Yeah, let's, let's try and finish up here. Soren is 4 mana, 4 loyalty. When it's your turn, creatures and planeswalkers you control have lifelink. And he can plus two to deal one damage to a player or planeswalker, which is pretty meh. He can minus X to return a creature with converted mana cost X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, and then that creature is a vampire in addition to its other types. So at first I wasn't super hot on this card. That's where I was at first as well. I didn't think much of, you know, the plus doesn't do much, the passive. I was kind of like, okay, so I want to return a three drop and then I can plus a couple times to get back to being able to return something. For me, it's it, when I've actually tested this card, it looked more powerful than I thought. Yeah, I haven't tested it yet, but kind of where what's standing out to me right now after having played with Ral a lot mm-hmm. is Ral's plus is also kind of under underwhelming. It's just scry one, right? But because yeah. it's a plus two, 
it's just so much more pressure than the the normal plus ones we get. Like, and I think I think people a lot tend to forget how powerful the difference between plus one and plus two is. Yes, I, that's kind of what I feel as well. I feel like you can plus two and just swing out with all of your lifeline creatures, and you're very happy. So, like, compared to the current four mana Sorn that we have, I feel like this guy does a better job in the exact same role. Yeah, and I also feel like we've been getting a lot of these return target creature uh, from the graveyard kind of thing, which is based on mana cost. And I think I think they're all just really good and playable. And we just I don't know if we just haven't found the right deck for it or what. Yeah, the fact that it's a minus X, you know, I've found plenty of times I've just been like, oh, I'll just minus one return a Thraben Inspector every turn. Like, he can do that for five turns in a row if he plussed once. That's, and that's so just, gross. That's so powerful, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think he's properly good. And I guess the only, the only kind of qualm I have is that I think four mana... It, I've, I've had a harder time justifying four mana Planeswalkers recently in mm-hmm. aggressive shells. Um, or, like, even mid-rangey shells. So I, I'm kind of curious to hear your opinion on that, right? Because I've, I've, I've been wanting to run less Gideon, Ally of Zendikar. I have uh, too. I, I think this guy will probably find a slot in maybe as a one-of. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's totally fair to me. I think the lifelink is probably what you're running him for, and the rest is, is almost incidental, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you still have to have creatures. I wouldn't play him without reasonable creatures to return at three or less mana. But. Yeah, yeah. Like you're gonna, his, his abilities are generically good beyond the lifelink. But the lifelink yes. is what draws you into the card. Okay, uh, let's talk about Tamiyo. So also four mana, two, 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 a blue and a green, five loyalty. Spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause you to discard cards or sacrifice permanents. So that's weird. Uh, plus one, choose a non-land card name, reveal the top four cards of your library, and put all cards with a chosen name from among them into your hand, the rest into your graveyard. Uh, minus three to return target card from your graveyard to your hand. This card is so fucking weird. It's so weird. I feel like there's so much power here that I have no idea where it goes. So the biggest thing on this card is that plusing puts four cards from your library into your graveyard. Maybe small chance of putting one into your hand. Yeah, I would say almost never will you draw a card off this. It just I mean, unless if you're, you know, in some way brainstorming, but we don't really have great ways to do that in Frontier. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, if you can put cards on top, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's just like... The minus three is really cool because we don't have a lot of ways that are just straight up return any card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like almost this is almost playable as a four mana return a card from your graveyard to your hand, gain two life. Like that that's almost a card that I'd play. Yeah. It's not like super impressive as that, I guess. So it's like I, I like it. I just I don't know. It, it's really weird. And I mean, here's another thing. The static is so weird. Yeah, so how good is discard in Frontier? How good is well what sacrifice effects are really seeing play? I mean, maybe more after this set. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, can't, I still can't imagine it's going to be, like, super widespread, right? Mm-hmm. So. Weird. Okay, um, yeah. so Teferi Time Raveler is the last one we got here. Um, three mana, four loyalty. Sorry, my dog has no idea what personal space is. Um, each opponent you can... Each component can only cast spells anytime they could cast a sorcery. Uh, he can plus one to until the... Your next turn, sorcery spells you cast could be cast as they have flash, and you can minus three to return up to one target artifact, creature, or enchantment to its owner's hand, and then draw a card. 
this card is is another really weird one, right? I feel like a lot of these rare walkers, they have these weird, like, I almost want to say super strengths. Like, there's one thing they are just absolutely incredible at. And for that reason, they have, like, really diverse, like, they're either, like, they're almost feast or famine based on the matchup they have, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, and this this one, I think, is the most dramatic of those effects, where it just, it just completely hoses, like, control and, mm-hmm. like, spell queller decks. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's great. But it also... I, I can tell you from playing at a time when the first Teferi saw play that that static ability is so backbreaking. Absolutely. I, and I can, I totally believe that, like, it... The decks that care about that ability are going to really, really care about that ability. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the decks that don't, Teferi's kind of like, he doesn't really do much in them, you know? Yeah, you know, there's not a lot that you're going to be casting at instant speed that you need to do. It's weird. We'll have to see where he can play out, but I think that he's one of the more powerful cards in the set. I put him at an S rank. I feel like he's going to be heavily impactful in Frontier. I just don't quite know where. I've got him at the top of A. He's he's okay. just short of, of that S rank for me, but uh, he he is very strong, but definitely the in the in the top five of the Planeswalkers. All right, we're gonna go to Mythics, and we're gonna kind of start with the somewhat uh, special mention, which is Tezzeret. He's six mana, four a blue and a black for five loyalty creatures and Planeswalker spells you control have affinity for artifacts. He can plus two to deal X damage to each opponent where X is the number of artifacts you control, and you gain X life. Uh, he can minus three to return an artifact from your graveyard to your hand, and he can minus eight to exile the top ten cards of your library, put all artifacts from among them onto the battlefield. Oof. Man, so, they, they really costed him for affinity. <laughs> you know, I've been waiting for the cards that are, oh, I've got a bunch of artifacts that are cheap, and I'm happy to have them in play, even if they're not doing much. And if those were in play, then this Tezzeret would be great. But we don't have those cards yet. Otherwise, we'd be playing the 4-mana Tezzeret or the 5-mana Tezzeret, and those cards would be great. Once we have those cards, I'll play all three of the Tezzerets. Until then, I don't see a spot for him in Frontier. You really think you'd play this Tezzeret? He's 6-mana. <laughs> yeah, he is 6-mana. Um, I mean, if I'm killing my opponent anytime I plus 2, that seems pretty decent. You know, I'm plusing to 7 and gaining 4 life. That feels great. For six mana? Sure. How do you ever beat that? We have so much planeswalker removal now. And like even just resolving this is gonna be a pain in the ass. Six mana sorcery speed dies in the gate. Yeah. I'm not in love. Alright. <laughs> I, I just don't think the upside is enough for six mana. Okay, I, I can see that. So let's talk about the other one. So I'm gonna start with Liliana, because I think of the three mythics here, she's probably the weakest in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm w- right with you there. Seems like it should be a very powerful card, but here we go at six mana. Six mana, six loyalty. Whenever a creature you control dies, you draw a card. Can plus one to create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Can minus four, each player sacrifices two creatures. And can minus nine, each opponent chooses the permanent they control and each permanent type of each permanent type, and they sacrifice the rest. So what's, your, what's your gut take on this? So six mana is a lot. I don't know where she wins the game for me. And at, the, and at six mana, I want her to be winning the game. Yeah, I mean, she kind of strikes me a lot as like uh, six mana Chandra from Zen, mm. uh, Battle for Zendikar, right? Yeah, so if you're ahead, it's going to be huge. But if you're a little bit behind, 
it's not always going to stabilize the board. Yeah, and I mean, like, you, there have time, there have been times in Frontier where I played six mana Chandra as a one of in like Grixis mm-hmm. Control. I, yeah. I I don't love this. Six mana is a lot. I would say it's a lot more than it used to be when I was playing like, Chandra. I'll probably try her as a one of in Grixis Control kind of thing, like in the sideboard. But yeah. even then, yeah, you well, don't I mean, need that many cards for a mid range mirror. Yeah, I would say her her plus and her minus her minus four like they they work really well together with her static like yeah it is a big old pile of good abilities it just it costs six mana and like what you can't really do anything with that in frontier I mean how would you feel about you know if I've got turn five Ishkana and then turn six Liliana but you know even then like I'm afraid of counter spells what deck do I need a six drop in that Ishkana didn't already do the trick yeah exactly exactly right like. All these abilities are great. They just they just cost six mana. Yeah, at that point, it's almost win more. Okay, so let's go to Gideon Blackblade. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> yes. So one and two white, three mana, four loyalty, and as long as it's your turn, he's a 4-4 four, four human soldier creature with indestructible that's still Planeswalker, and prevent all damage that would be dealt to him during your turn. Uh, he can plus one uh, until... And up to one target, other creature you control gets Vigilance, Lifelink, or Indestructible until end of turn. And he can minus six to exile any non-land permanent. This card is a seismic shift in the Frontier <laughs> metagame. This card is incredible. This is so strong. It, it's it's hard to put to words. Yes, um, I'm 100% on the same page. I don't know if... Uh, you know, I feel bad that we didn't get Ryan here for the end of this, but I feel like he'd be agreeing with us, is that these are just donk cards yeah this is like the ability to ha- just throw lifelink around on your three drop it's just like it's it's crazy how strong that is Into and you know it's something we've been asking aggressive. for yeah yeah we wanted something that can for white you know easy life game that they can just incidentally get it and fight back against some of these decks yeah because i think atarka red has really ruled the roost for just ages now probably since the inception of the format Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was a very brief period at the beginning where mono white was kind of like the natural counter. Um, and it, it just stopped happening basically because red just kept getting all these tools, all these tools. Yeah, I mean, I think a part of that is apart. that control and things showed up and they just ate mono white's lunch. But yeah, even still. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, so back in the in the early days of Frontier, like the the mono white versus Tarka red, it was like seventy thirty for a target. Yes, it for, was very very good. yeah. And now it's like maybe fifty five forty five, maybe fifty fifty even. But I think this card shifts those decks back. Like even Abzan can run this, and suddenly uh, be way way stronger into a Tarka. This yes. this card is unbelievably good. There's there's no other way to say it. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the metagame shifting good. All right, only one that's left. I only mentioned him last because he is such a plot piece. Is Nicobolas Dragon God? Um, set. He's five mana, but it's blue, black, 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 red. He comes in with four loyalty. He has a static that he has all loyalty abilities of every other planeswalker on the battlefield, not just ones you control. Uh, he can plus one. You draw a card. Each opponent exiles a card from their hand or a permanent they control. He can. Minus three to destroy target creature or planeswalker, or he can minus eight, and each opponent who doesn't control a legendary creature or planeswalker loses the game. 
I know you've got just a big throbbing <laughs> heart boner for this guy. This card so. is insanely powerful. I mean, we talk about the uh, the Obnix formula being plus one draw card, minus three protect yourself, and a game winning ult. And I feel like Bolas just does that so much better than every other every other Obnix out there. You know, creature yeah. or planeswalker is a huge buff on the minus three, and the plus one it's it's card advantage times two. You know, you draw a card and then you get rid of. I mean, maybe at first you're getting rid of their land or a land from their hand, but if you can get your opponent low on resources, you can get rid of their entire board just taking up Bolas. Yeah, it's it's pretty nutty. Uh, I think you're a little higher on this card than I am. I, I do think yes, it's good. I'm it's... high on him because there's only really one specific deck that will play him, and it's going to be a Grixis, probably a mid-range Grixis, maybe control Grixis. Yeah, and I mean, that's fine. I just, I don't think, I mean... You guys know me. I'm all about that thing in the ice, Grixis. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of lower curve than this. Like I, I don't see Grixis, uh, where it's going up to five drops, being the way to play Grixis. Yeah. Um, like the power is undeniable of this card. Maybe this card actually changes. Mm-hmm. Changes the formula. You know, maybe, maybe now this card is powerful enough on its own to make it worth going all the way up that scale. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's still a five drop walker. Now, how do you feel about his static? Have you seen anything yet that you think is like, oh man, this is broken with Bolas? I don't think so. Like, I think it, it has some cute interactions, but I think mm. I, I I don't think you. How do I explain it? It's like you'll never run this card because of that, and if it ever does anything, that's you're never you were never counting on it to do that that part of this card. You know, mm-hmm. it it's great if. You know, you you told me a story once about how you altered oh, <laughs> altered uh, Lillian of the Last Hope. Yeah, I've also then, had cases where I've got um, the flip bolus flipped over, and then this guy becomes you know he can plus two. That's so gross. <laughs> it's very gross. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you like said power undeniable. Uh, still a five drop in a format mm-hmm. that I think is going to remain fairly hostile to five plus drops. Ooh, so if they have Sorceress Spyglass naming Sahili Rai, you can play Bolas and use Sahili's Minus. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, so yeah, I, I definitely think he's good. I, a little less high on him than you are. Okay, yeah. Um, that's it for now until we get Narset. Let me do one more refresh here. If we get Narset at the very last minute here, I would be so hyped. Uh, real Hail Mary here. Nope, nope. We got, uh, we got the blue finale, I want to say. Okay, okay. Uh, so I think the last thing we were going to do was we were going to do a top five Planeswalkers, right? Ooh, yeah, okay. So I, for me, I would say in order, um, Gideon, Bolas, uh, I think I said, who did I say is my third one? Um, probably Teferi, Ral, and then those were all the ones I put at S class. Let me see which one I had at the top of my A um, probably Jace. Ah, I don't know. It's hard to say Jace because we don't know where he's going to be used. Whoa, Jace! No way, Jace is top five. Maybe Vivian or Ashiok or would be my next couple. Yeah, I, so I'll I'll do mine and then okay, and then yeah, we can ahead. reconcile. Uh, so number one has got to be Gideon, right? Like he's yeah. just he's a format shaker. He's he is going to change the way the metagame works. Yes. Uh, my number two is actually Raul. Okay. Um. Because, again, I've been testing that deck extensively, and it has just been unbelievable. It's just been so strong, so consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I think a contender to also 
help reshape the meta. Um, it just seems good into every deck that I would consider to be tier, tier one right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it might have a softer spot to mid range based uh, discard decks where they can't, uh, they can actually kill you before you restabilize your hand and stuff, but. Yeah, yeah. Similar, oh, basically the same reason why I've got Bolas. It's, it's, it's kind of a pet deck, but it's something that we, we've seen how powerful the card is in the shell. So I have Rowl in my ass as well. Yeah, so anyway. So Gideon, Rowl, Nicol Bolas, uh, Teferi, and then finally I would say Vivian. I think Vivian has... Okay, okay so Vivian we're pretty seems, much right on. Yeah, Vivian seems really well-rounded to me, and I think she is is really powerful. It's kind of like what I said earlier, where I think, I think the problem I have right now is a lot of the green decks really a lot of the green x decks are actually green white decks so why wouldn't mm-hmm. you just be playing the number one planeswalker on this list right, right so she's overshadowed a little bit but but i do think that in terms of raw power maybe if the meta slows down a little bit kind if of we get some like teamer deck or something okay yeah yeah kind of just in response to, if the meta slows down just kind of in response to gideon right Mm-hmm. Um, maybe then we can start doing things like putting her in Bant Company. And just ev- the whole game is, is tempo at instant speed now, so it really keeps you on your toes a little more. They don't really ever have to tap out, I think is I think could be pretty important to their game plan. Um, Abzan, Flashing, and Siege Rhinos seems really good. Yeah. Just any kind of mid-range game plan. She can dirtle, draw cards, and Flash is one of the best abilities one of the best keywords you could have. All right, well, we are way over on our time, so let's call this episode here. That was all of the Planeswalkers in War of the Spark reviewed for how they're going to impact Frontier. I'm Kevin Finkel, and this is Magic the Final Frontier. You can find us at mtgfrontier.net, uh, MTG Frontier on Twitter, Instagram. You can find our podcast on a number of places. You guys know how to reach us. Uh, anything to add? No, no one's ever going to talk to me on on. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Um, Reach out to us if you have any more comments. And to everyone out there, we look forward to being your go-to source for frontier information online. Your final frontier, signing off. (laughs) 